chat about Forrester Wave. I think that'd be great. I think it'd be, <laughs> it'd be great to talk about somebody else's opinions on how things are happening. Okay. So I have a report. I do too. It is the Forrester Wave Global Cybersecurity Consulting Providers Report. What I'm looking at is from Q4 of 2021. Hmm. And it's titled, The 12 Providers That Matter Most and How They Stack Up. Yeah, I think this is going to be fun, right? Uh, for those of you uh, who listen to us, who maybe come to us for information and who can't necessarily afford a seat at Forrester or aren't reading reports from Forrester, Gartner, the big analyst firms, um, we're going to be talking about what they're reporting on because sometimes you'll see this stuff quoted. Vendors talk about it. Vendors like to use it a lot. Um, but no, I think it's a great idea. Let's talk about this. Yeah. So there's 12 firms in the Forrester Wave Global Cybersecurity Consulting Providers Report. They are, in alphabetical order, Accenture, Booz Allen Hamilton, Capgemini, Deloitte, ENY, IBM Security, KPMG, McKinsey and Company, PwC, SecureWorks, TrustWave, and Wipro. Hmm. These are all pretty big companies. They are pretty big. And what's interesting is um, a lot of them are all, also accounting firms. There's no accounting for taste. <laughs> so... And as I always say, you would never have a security guy do your taxes. So why are we having our tax guy do your security? That's a really interesting point. And look at the way they lay it out. And again, uh, for listeners who may not be familiar, the thing that Justin's referencing is called, called a wave, right? So Forrester does a construct where they do sort of like concentric quarter circles. And at the top right-hand side, much like the Gartner Magic Quadrant, are the companies where everybody loves. And the idea is here's this like wave, right? And so if you're at the peak of the wave, that's good. That means you're one of the good ones we'll be running through. If you're at the back of the wave, you're less good. But I think the fact that Justin just read through all those companies and all of them are pretty big, is going to tell you a little bit about what the slant's going to feel like here. Yeah, they're, yeah, some of these companies are hundreds of thousands of employees. Hmm. That's a lot of accountants. It is, yeah, it is, yeah. There, I mean, I, I bet they're right on top of the uh, the new tax laws that are coming out. Right on, <laughs> the accounting season. All right, so um, I, you know what, I, I don't even want to go through the whole wave. No, let's start up in the top right. And by the way, we're going to be talking about this. We're going to be making some recommendations. Recognize that these are good firms. We're going to be kind of funny because that's just what we do. These are good firms, but I think my biggest issue is, as you read through these, the fact that all the leaders, according to Forrester, are not companies you would by and large think about as a security company, but as good at something else, it, it really is. It's sort of like taking your lawnmower to the Dodge repair shop and asking them to get it done, or vice versa. <laughs> so, I like it. Who do they like the most, big fella? Well... The top here, we got Accenture, Ernst and Young, PwC, and McKenzie. I think there's there's probably an, an argument to be made that, and any one of those could be at the the lead of the pack here, mm -hmm. the front of the wave. Yeah, is that, is that, is that? I think that's right. Yeah. So there's, I guess, kind of describing it here. So we have a uh, front of the wave. There's a couple firms at the front. The other component to this is market presence, right? So Ernst and Young say by this chart has the largest market presence followed by PwC and Accenture and then McKenzie would be fourth on the list but still still in the lead which I think I think would probably make sense as far as how how McKenzie goes to market I don't know man I'm twisted on this <laughs> 
I, I think I think that there's a blend of things happening, right? If you remember, Ernst & Young, right, was part of the Giuliani, Giuliani Center down in New York following 9-11 that did a lot of cyber work, right? So there's, they invested in a cyber practice. When I, when I think about McKinsey, really brilliant business consulting, right? So maybe the reason why there's such a small player from the perspective of Forrester in this field is because the recommendations will be a lot less about practice, maybe a lot more about how you communicate what's happening as part of a management structure. Yeah. Um, I'm, really, I'm really stretching. This whole thing is seemingly more slanted towards strategy, mm. right? Which the majority of companies, in my opinion, are still trying to solve tactical security issues. They're not even to the point of strategy, right? They're saying, we've got fires we have to put out. We're still working with the fire department. Mm-hmm. Right. right. We're, not, we're not even to the point where we're talking preventative fire safety or we're not talking about, like, in this specific case, like, how to influence the board on how to get more budget for cybersecurity because we're a Fortune 100 company, right? And I think when I look at this report, these companies might be well-suited to do that because when you look at any one of these companies, Accenture, PwC, insert whatever one you want, they have business vertical expertise and they have tax expertise too on um, (laughs) any any individual business vertical. Mm -hmm. I say, you know, you could appeal to a board or you could appeal to executive management saying, hey, we actually understand your business. Here's the challenges that we see your business potentially facing as well as your competitors facing. And when you think about trying to position cybersecurity within your organization, here's the pointed risks that your industry is trying to solve for or is like is facing your industry. And if that's the approach and that's the angle, I can definitely see some of these companies helping provide that, that advisory help. Yeah. You know, I think the thing that gets me about this is the subtitle. I mean, I hate to be like Jackie McPedantic. I just am right. But these are 12 important companies. There's no arguing about it, right? That these are companies which are doing important things, but the subhead says the 12 providers that matter most and how they stack up. And I just like to riff on what you just said, right? If you think the thing that matters most in cybersecurity today is how to uh, create um, better business analytics um, so you can report to the board on security. If you think it's how I strategize security as a formulation in my business expense structure, then I think you've forgotten the real problems in cybersecurity, right? I think that one of the things that, as I reflect on the the podcast that we do, we're talking about very practical problems that are people facing all the time. How do I hire? What happened in this breach? What's a good matchup? What's happening in the product space? What's happening in the tech, the tech space? Uh, we were just talking about Zscaler because we thought it could solve a bunch of problems. And, and I look at this and I'm like, if, if they actually think that these are the 12 providers that matter the most, they have just neglected, I don't know how many companies there are in the world, maybe like a billion. So the Fortune 100, I think these may matter the most to the Fortune 100 who can afford to invest the way they have and sort of they're refining what they're doing. But the other, whatever 2 billion minus 100 is, are kind of not using these people at all because not only are they not able to engage them because they're too expensive and appropriately skilled for them, but the, the recommendations they're going to make are completely inappropriate for, I don't care whether you're like a state government, you're a mid-sized manufacturing firm, you're a domestic teleco provider, you just don't care because this is just way beyond what you're worried about. That is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> just, let's just start there. So 12 providers that matter most to the Fortune 500 companies. 
which means for 99.9% of the companies, the, the rest of us, right on. this does not apply. Right. These could be the 12 providers that matter least because yeah. these are the recommendations that will matter the least to me. Right. Yeah. For most companies, after a cyber attack, they just want to know that they're still in business. Right on. They could right care on. less about budget, strategy, because that's, that's all for naught. If, if you don't do the fundamental blocking and tackling. Hey, can you imagine calling up? I'm going to get on the phone. Hello, this is Ernst and Young. Hi, this is Jack Danahy. I've got a 100-person company in the middle of Ohio, and I was wondering, would you go with Palo Alto or Cisco? And they'd be like, uh, for, uh, well, where's your global headquarters? And how many thousand endpoints are you looking to manage information from? And could you please tell me about your data center strategy? I said, I don't understand any of the words you just used, right? <laughs> and so I think it's just a complete mismatch, right? And I think that there's there's some amount of responsibility that should be held by Forrester to, t to make it clear who their audience should be. Yeah. You think they're, I'm, I'm reaching a little bit, clearly. <laughs> like, so even, even if it's the people subscribing to Forrester to get the wave, it seems like they're still not reaching their entire audience. Like this is this is above a lot of people's heads, a lot, a lot of companies' heads. For a fact, and and I think that there's a you know if you really want to care about what happens inside this report, you got to go read inside like what it means by global, what it means by cybersecurity, what it means by consulting, because it's relatively limited. If you like look at and as you mentioned, you know ENY is pretty pretty much close to the top. It really talks about the way in which they deliver on consulting engagements. Right, you bring Ernst and Young in to help you figure out how to better manage your security. It's a, it's a, you know, multi. I'm assuming large dollar, long, long term consulting engagement. But I think if you look at global cybersecurity consulting, I think that a lot of people would be thinking, well, cybersecurity consulting that is delivered by a firm that has global reach, right? That could be any number of things. I don't think it's necessarily what this, which feels more like a pro serve, you know, kind of consulting engagement, right? It's kind of thumbing, thumbing down through the list. So this is, this is a quote here. This is just a continuous, continuous document. But uh, yeah, quote for PwC. PwC surpasses its peers with platforms and board-relevant services. Hmm. Which I think the intent is to be what you described. But have you ever seen, have you ever seen the, the, the bullshit generator? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like it was on my name tag for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so is it, I think it's, uh, is it generate bullshit.com? Is that what it is? I don't Then it was shown to me because I think there was a familiarity with the way I speak and perhaps <laughs> there, there was some equ equivalences being drawn. But yeah. yeah. So, and anybody listening to this, if you, if, if you actually just Google it and I think, I, I think it's either the, the bullshit generator or generate bullshit.com. And then, you get to the page, it's, it's a single page, and you just click the button that says generate bullshit. And it comes up with these combination of words that uh, are put together to sound like business jargon. But it's, it, sounds, it's, it sounds just like that. Ish. I'm looking at, uh, what I'm actually doing is I'm, I'm actually looking down through some of the numbers. So Forrester does a good job of describing why they, they believe what they believe in a simple sort of spreadsheety kind of way. Right, they do a variety of different sort of considerations about the offerings, and they rate them by the vendors. And what I thought was interesting in looking through this, because some of the stuff that jumped out at me, you know, among the numbers were, uh, as as an example, um, they were talking about the capacity for these organizations to, as 
to align with client CISO needs, right? And I can tell you that three of those top 12, I'm just looking on the first page and there are more, but three of the top 12 uh, ended up with a one out of five, right? So 12 of the most important global cybersecurity consulting firms got the equivalent of a 20, which I think is an F minus, 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 if I remember my report cards correctly, um, on an ability to align with the executives, the CISOs who are most responsible, right, for understanding cybersecurity. So that tells me, hmm, interesting, but again, most important. Uh, similarly, the same group, uh, and I'm not going to mention them by name, but the same group scored a 20% on executive engagement, right? So imagine bringing in a company of this scale and quality to do an overarching security analysis and transformation, and you're getting a 20 out of 100, a 2 out of 10 on your ability to connect with the individual who's most responsible, the CISO, and the executives, their peers, that you're trying to help them interact with better. And that's, so for me, that's a problem. But on the flip side, if I look at sort of that same set of five companies, and I flip it over, um, the top three of those five um, get a 20 out of 100 on their contribution to the cybersecurity industry, right? So in other words, they're getting it done for their own peeps, for their own business, but they're not giving much into the community. And the folks who are at the bottom end of the food chain, who we were just talking about, can't engage very well with executives, are actually doing a pretty good job rating, you know, around a 90% on connecting to the cybersecurity industry and, and, and giving back. So it's really interesting for me to look at these. If you're thinking that these are the 12 cybersecurity firms, global cybersecurity firms, who matter the most, you know, from the subhead, it's hard for me to think. It's so bifurcated, right? If the top ones are really good with engaging executives, but not giving anything back to cybersecurity as a community, which by the way, the cybersecurity community is the most important part about being effective in cybersecurity. Or if I look on the other side and I say, well, the other half of them, they're really bad at that executive engagement, but they're good at giving back to the community. Well, frankly, if you're not engaged with the executive management, it can be hard to really validate that what you're contributing back to the community is any good at all. I just, I, I'm having a difficult time with the criteria through which these organizations were chosen to ride the crest of the wave. I'm not saying that the average isn't nice, right? The average may be nice, but I'm just trying to figure out how you get to, because sometimes an average doesn't matter if it's a bifurcated population. Yeah, this is um, this is a really good point. Is these ratings they're 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 not even force ranked? No, it's not. It's not like there's only one five. There's only one one. There, there's some cases where like they're almost all ones. Right on. Yeah, the, the analysts who perform the examination use their discretion to decide is somebody really good at it, really bad at it, not relevant, relative to one another, but relative to what they view as a subjective set of criteria. So I think that kind of brings us back to the original point, basically saying there's some great, great cyber firms out there mm -hmm. that, in my opinion, would perform really, really well against all of these. And to say that, you know, some of these firms, they're rated a one, like I... I, I know of firms that would rank higher than, than this, in my opinion. If I, if I was the analyst, I would have rated different firms higher, which comes back to the original point that there's 12 on here. They matter most to a certain demographic and certain type of company profile. You know what's funny? As you were just talking, something struck me, as oftentimes happens when we're in the middle of these podcasts. When I think about cybersecurity, right, I think one of the ways that people qualify to be on this list is because of their global presence, Right. But let's face it, cybersecurity is a very local phenomenon, right? Number one, if I care about 
regulatory pressure, if I care about specific cultural issues around privacy, what have you, that's very regional, right? Country by country, they're very different. And if you're particularly awesome, um, perhaps here in the U.S., at understanding what's going on in the standards that matter to this country or the political landscape as it changes or the perception of privacy among the, the population, the sharing of information, if you're going to be really, really good at that, that's hard. And I think probably a lot of the companies you're thinking of, right, that, that we'd rate as being like truly awesome across all of these characteristics would be really awesome in the U.S. Now maybe I bounce over and I'm in, I'm in Central Europe someplace, right? I'm in yeah. Germany or France where they have a very different approach to privacy, as an example, and different standards and, and a population which values privacy differently. To be really, really good over there to do transformative security, that's an entirely different ball of wax. And I would wager that the people who are most awesome in Germany or in France or in, in the UK are probably not the same people who'd be most awesome in the US because of the sort of Byzantine nature of security, right? Mm -hmm. And so maybe what we're saying, maybe what we're coming to in this discussion is a wave which tries to shove cybersecurity providers into a global basket is making a presumption that it would be good to use one firm globally, even though what you may get is sort of warmed over coffee in all those different markets. Boy, this is tough, right? Because we just had this discussion about platform vendors versus individual product vendors. And yeah. one of the other firms, Gartner, had made a recommendation that, hey, everybody, go buy security platforms. And we've talked about that, and I think we'll be doing another podcast on that, which about is that a good idea or not? Um, not. <laughs> um, but the idea being that um, it, while it may be conceptually a good idea to have one platform provider that does everything in security, reality of security is it changes so rapidly. That's seldom the way you're going to get the protection that you want, right? And so you want to do some unified, you know, set of things that come together from different vendors. But maybe what's happening is that this, without even thinking about it, what they've done is they've tried to say that the best way to buy this would be from a global provider. So you just have one throat to choke, even if that means you get sort of average performance across all these different criteria across all these different markets as opposed to undertaking per region you know maybe eu slash uk slash us three different regions you know uh, asia pac etc um, you have different providers in those different places so that they're highly sensitized to the specific security needs of both the culture and the regulation of those different geographies i like your synopsis dude i just that just came to me after listening to you talk that's exactly what i think is happening here i wish they had written this in this report <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know if they notice it, right? I don't know if they know about it. If you take as a fundamental premise, I mean, think about it. You're the hardworking forester analyst. I think the one I'm reading right now, I think uh, Jeff Pollard has done a lot of the work, right? And so Jeff's talking to their clients in the Fortune 500, and they say, what's your number one re requirement for security? And that person says, man, it's so confusing. I wish there was one cybersecurity consulting firm I could go to for my global enterprise, right? So Jeff writes down, must be global. Require number two. Number number you know, requirement two is you know alignment with seasonies, whatever the hell the rest of these things are. But if you start off with that premise, which probably came from the clients, then suddenly you're chasing the ball down the street, right? Dodging cars coming at you because you're you're ignoring all the the dangers around you because you think the primary thing is getting the ball. Right. So to to add a little bit more here, please vendor inclusion criteria. Mm. Excellent. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm paraphrase this. I like yours way better. <laughs> First one, significant mind share with Forrester clients. So any one of these firms has to have or be working with Forrester clients. Mm -hmm. Two, at least $75 million in global cybersecurity consulting revenue. Each service provider has a large globally available cybersecurity consulting business offering. Okay, so that's two. 
Three, significant distribution of revenue globally. Mm. Double-digit revenue in at least two of the four distinct regions, which are Latin America, North America, Europe, Middle East, Africa, Asia-Pacific. At least 300 full-time cybersecurity consultants. And then, uh, so that was four. Fifth one is breadth of security consulting services. So the requirement is they have to do a lot of everything everywhere. Yeah, pretty much. So it's helpful. It's, it's, <laughs> yes, that, that I would like to express to you a firm that we all know very well, very successful, very, very much part of the world's food infrastructure, McDonald's. If I remember correctly, McDonald's feeds around, like, I think it's around 1% of the world's population every day, which I think is pretty amazing. God bless them, yeah. right? But they feed a lot of people the same thing in a lot of different places. That's McDonald's. Yeah. So I think what we find, and by the way, I think McDonald's has a hell of a business model and they're doing very well. So there's not, there's not casting aspersions, but I don't think I want to go to McDonald's for cybersecurity. Oh, heck no. Right? There's a difference. There's a difference. I don't think that a great chef is going to make themselves famous by having a thousand restaurants, right? Great uh, Ackett's is not going to build a linea in every city across the country. Yeah. Because it's specialized. It's special. It's special for his clients. It's special what their expectations are, and he is committed to a specific kind of bespoke quality delivery. So I think those criteria you just read spells McDonald's. It does not spell Alinea. Right. But coming back to what you were saying earlier is I think we can all agree there's a recognition that cybersecurity performed regionally has benefits. Mm -hmm. And we talked about these firms having regional access to which performance to perform that. But clearly, you know, we're now talking about saying in order to do this at that scale, it's going to be more like McDonald's. But for me, like when I think about just kind of sticking with the regional analogy, like when you go to travel to these places, you want to engage and be part of like that local experience. And, you know, just sticking with the cuisine analogy is like, I don't, like, I don't want McDonald's when I'm in Paris. Right on. Right. I'm there for all of the other delicious goodness that only Paris can provide. Escargot and Chateaubriand. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Do me a favor. Go back to your notes just for a second. Can you pull up the number of consultants they have to have worldwide? Uh, 300. Okay. So that's what I thought. So, which, which isn't even, I mean, that's not a lot. That's like 11 people, right? That's, if, I, if I think about it, I know great security consulting firms in the UK, here in the US, that have hundreds Right. So why is spreading it like peanut butter across a loaf of bread with one tablespoon of Jif? Right. 300 people across four regions covering the entire world and all the complexity of that marketplace. How does that deliver a better result? Yeah, I don't think it, like these numbers are big. I don't think it does. So three, 300 consultants is not a lot spread out globally. Mm. By the way, like the problem's bigger than 300 people. Just <laughs> I don't know. I'm just one guy. He's out there. <laughs> Significant distribution of revenue globally. Uh, it says it's going to be double digit in more than one region. And then the third one here, at least $75 million in global cybersecurity consulting revenue. Which, by the way, like, I don't know. To me, that's, that's a lot of money. So $75 million is a lot. But to, like, most companies, like, that, that's a rounding error. To <laughs> right on. It, it, if I think about these four geographies, if I just do simple straight line math, right, that means they have to have 75 consultants and do $18 million in revenue yep. in these countries. 
which would be a small business. For, for, for some of these companies, that actually might be one engagement. Right on, 100%. So, <laughs> so why does this leave us? <laughs> yeah, so what I think it leaves us with is this is interesting, right? I think yeah. one of the things I would take away from this, right, and maybe we should have done this at the top of the show, one of the real benefits are I like the categories that Forrester uh, and Jeff have put in the initial review of this. Like what matters when you're thinking about a cybersecurity partner or a consulting firm? The alignment with the CISO needs, pricing, um, what are they giving back? Tell me a little bit about how I'm doing knowledge transfer. I think if you could actually take the things that are in that sort of matrix that they have at the front, I think those are good criteria, right? Yeah. I think their application in this construct isn't particularly useful to anyone, but I do like them. And I think that Forrester's creation of them is a service, right? Because if more people think about this when they're writing their RFPs or they're characterizing their own vendors they're going to use in their own regions, I think it's a great set of criteria. So I think that that's helpful. My other takeaway is if you're thinking about who to partner with for your cybersecurity, I wouldn't use this list. Not that these aren't good companies, right? Because as an example, maybe Ernst & Young completely kicks ass in Manhattan, right? Maybe right. they have a great group of people. They've been working hard. And so as a regional provider, they might be really, really good. But look at this as a set of criteria and then treat Ernst & Young and a couple of other providers you know that may be domestic here to the U.S., et cetera, and think if they're going to do the job better for you and even if you're a global organization. Because frankly... To do the best for your global organization, my guess is you're not buying food service everywhere, right? You're not buy using the same telco provider everywhere. You're not using the same um, software providers everywhere. So treat security with the same level of discretion you're treating these other areas of your infrastructure and make your choices. But you can use these comps because I think Forrester did a service with those. For sure. I like that. We should we, we wrap on that one. Cool. Positive. Yep. Um, so... I think the moral of the story here is if you are looking at this report and you're using this report to make buying decisions, just look at it objectively, right? Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say, if you're looking at this report and you're making buying decisions, don't. <laughs> that was my inner monologue. Yeah, that was my inner monologue. Yeah, just objective and just realize that there could be a situation where this report wasn't written for you. Right on. 100%. That's, fu that's fine. It's written for someone else. Not everything is for everybody. Correct. All right. If you need honest security help from a firm that can check. Here in the United States. Here in the United States that can check almost all of these boxes here in a very competent way. Pwned at newharborsecurity.com and we'll get you next time. <laughs>